Hello, I'm Tyler Kern for MarketScale. Shootings at a Walmart in El Paso, Texas, and a popular nightlife district in Dayton, Ohio over the weekend have left 31 dead so far. From a general business perspective, gun laws are what they are, and there isn't much that business owners can do to change any of that at this point. But one of the questions that can be asked is what establishments like Walmart can do to protect its shoppers. And joining me to discuss that is Dr. Alex Del Carmen. He's the Associate Dean and Professor of Criminology at Tarleton State University. Dr. Del Carmen, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So what responsibility, if any, does a store like Walmart or these large retail establishments have to protect its visitors and its patrons? Well, there's no question that when visitors or patrons go into a store such as Walmart, they do expect to be safe, right? So so the obligation, the legal, ethical, and and principled obligation of of the retailer is to simply provide a clean environment, an mm-hmm. environment where there are no accidents, and if there are any, that you know they're addressed. But in the context of safety, as it relates to in this case a mass shooter, you know there's no question that that the public would expect to be safe in those environments. But at the same time, keep in mind that you know trying to keep someone safe it doesn't mean uh, you know not be being able to foresee the future, right? None of us know, for instance, or, or have an idea where these uh, events are going to take place. We, you know, so, so, so it's unfair to also put it on that business owner to say, well, you've got to protect me 24-7. You should have a SWAT team deployed on the front door right. um, in order to feel safe because, you know, obviously that's not feasible, right? So, so there's got to be sort of a line between the extreme and what is expected by the community. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. So what, what's the current method then that most large retail establishments would use to provide security for their establishments if they have some? Do there, are there you know, off-duty police officers that will occasionally provide security for a Walmart? Or what, what, what's currently in place at, at stores like this? So it's interesting that you ask that because if you look at the crime prevention literature in, in criminology, in my field, and you look at it for the past 50 years, mm-hmm. way before any of these events were publicized or televised, you will see that there are some principles to crime prevention in retail, right? So one of them is, for instance, the presence of capable guardians is what the literature calls them. But they're nothing more than essentially, you know, security officers or police, off-duty police officers, you know, being around or being in the area in order to provide that presence that uh, to some people it deters them from, from committing crime. The, the other component is using the environment to be able to protect the individual. We call that crime prevention through environmental design. The acronym is SEPTED. So it's the idea that you're going to limit the points of entry into a store. You're going to increase the, you know, improve on the lighting, for instance. You're going to cut the shrubs. You're going to do things that are smart that allows for individuals to use the environment to prevent people from causing harm. So so th- this is widely read and researched in the academic literature and something that has been used for years now. That's really interesting. So in your opinion, t- should we be doing this a little bit differently? Should we look at large retail establishments differently? I agree that maybe the cost might be prohibitive to have, uh, you know, like, like you mentioned earlier, a SWAT team out front of every retail establishment. That's obviously not feasible. But in your opinion, what is feasible? And, and could we be doing right. a different or a better job? Yeah, there's no question. And, you know, unfortunately for retails, retailers, you know, they, they think about you know, um, you know, safety in the context of, you know, something spilling on the floor and having the, the, the cleanup crew show up in, in a timely manner and putting up a sign. Right. And there's no question that that involves that. But at the end of the day, the tools have been in their hands for years. 
It's just that it, it, a lot of retailers don't think that way in the sense that, look, it's a, it, it is on, you know, obviously not cost effective to have a police officer or multiple police officers in every one of your stores. But what is cost effective is to build those facilities to hire people that are consultants. In fact, I do this uh, from time to time where I may go to a, a retail store and I actually do what's called a septed assessment, which is you assess the place, you, you're able to provide guidance as to you know, are, are your windows vulnerable? Are your points of entry or departure vulnerable? Are you inviting crime or are you prohibiting crime by the way the building has has been set up? And, and we know that it works. Uh, I'll give you an example. Henry Cisneros, when he was secretary of HUD, he actually went as far as, as implementing SEPTED on a great deal of these HUD facilities. Hmm. And what ended up happening was, you know, we saw a massive reduction of crime in these public housing facilities as a result of this crime prevention strategies being put into play. Wow, that's 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 really fascinating. Um, and that's something that I think maybe now retail establishments are, are thinking a little bit more about. Unfortunately, it's kind of on the backside of, of some of these tragedies. But uh, we, we've talked in the past, Dr. Del Carmen, about technology and, and how it is starting to kind of play a larger and larger role in law enforcement. Technology has always been a part of it, but as, uh, as certain technologies begin to evolve, is there any technology that could help speed up reaction time or help identify threats uh, earlier on to allow for a, a, a swift response from law enforcement? Right. So, so a lot of, and that's a great question, right? Because technology has been used, but it's mostly reactive, right? For instance, right. people say, well, I've got cameras. Well, that's great. That means you're going to have a great video or still shot of the guy that killed a whole bunch of people, right? But mm-hmm. what use is that except to be able to tell the story the day after, right? Um, and so, so what really needs to happen is there needs to be a monitoring component to those cameras, right? I remember uh, being involved in a situation where I, I was serving as a federal monitor on behalf of the federal courts, and we responded to a police, uh, or rather to a burglary of a facility, and the criminals were caught. And the reason why they were caught is because the this particular facility had actually live monitoring hmm. inside the facility that allowed for the, the bad guys to be captured on video, and those individuals monitoring it actually called 911. So by the time the bad guys walked out of the front door of that establishment, the police were awaiting them. So so that's what you want, right? You want that active monitoring in the sense of the streets. I'll give you an example. Drones, right? Drones are making a huge difference right now in the law enforcement community where they actually respond to a traffic accident. They respond to an incident. They are showing live video of that incident before the officer shows up. So by the time the officer shows up, he or she would have live information as to what the scenario looks like, how many people are on the ground, and what are they dealing with. I mean, that's just valuable information, but it needs to be monitored. Yeah, and that, that provides for a more proactive approach rather than reactive, like you mentioned at the beginning. Exactly, and, and, and you want to have that pro- proactiveness, you want to have that real-time information coming into the first responders so they actually know what they're dealing with, right? So, so I think those, those things are crucial. But, but look, this is a collective effort, right? So we are going to see these shootings happen again and again and again. This has become part of our new normal, right? We have normalized the abnormal. Mm-hmm. We have normalized the rare. And so what we need to do now is, from a retailer's perspective, is think about how to immunize yourself from being sued, how to immunize yourself from the loss of life, which obviously is everybody's concern, and how you do that is by not looking the other way. 
you know, we call that in the legal world, by the way, deliberate indifference, right? The idea that you are going to deliberately look the other way, that you may have had threats to that store, that you may have had people, you know, do a drive-by shooting at that store, and that you've done nothing in order to react to it. So when a real tragedy takes place, those lawyers, after the grieving uh, process ends, those lawyers that these families are going to hire are going to go in there and find out that, you know what, this was a place that they responded 25 times a month. This was a place where they had shootings every other day and no one did anything about it. So now you're going to be that much more responsible, you know, as, a, as, as an owner of that store in order to be able to, to settle that lawsuit or those lawsuits. That's really interesting. Do, do you think, and, and maybe there are particulars in, in this particular case that, um, that we would need to be aware of before we could really make this kind of assessment, but is it possible that, that Walmart there in El Paso could be in some sort of legal trouble over the events that occurred this past weekend? There is a 90% chance, uh, you know, that, that I can tell you that someone at some point is going to file lawsuits against Walmart here, uh, there's no question, right? If you're in the industry of crime prevention and uh, you're in the industry of theft, you are going to absolutely be certain that, uh, that, that, that someone after the grieving process ends, after everyone sort of in their mind, they, they've got the bad guy, they're prosecuting the bad guy, and, uh, and, and, all, and we're moving on to the next hot story mm-hmm. uh, nationally, uh, lawyers are going to be hired and they are going to start looking at why, you know, did, did Walmart participate in, in allowing such an individual to come in and essentially shoot these uh, the, these victims, right? And, and you look, I mean, Walmart's likely going to come out and say, no, you know, we, we would never allow for our, our consumers to or our, or our uh, you know, uh, clients to be uh, in, in the middle of danger or even our employees. But then the question is going to come in, let's look at the past, let's look at the history, what did you do about it, could you have prevented this? Mm-hmm. And that's where that debate's going to take place, and most of them take place in court, and they end up with the, with the corporation writing a, a pretty fat check to those individuals that are suing. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Alex Del Carmen, Associate Dean and Professor of Criminology at Tarleton State University, with some wise words and some uh, sage advice, I think, for retailers. Dr. Del Carmen, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. This interview is part of the MarketScale Contributor Program. If you'd like to be featured as a contributor on MarketScale.com, please submit content to publications at MarketScale.com or head to our publications pages at MarketScale.com slash industries to see more. Thank you.